Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, AD gets paid, more of the James Harden saga, also Liz Cambridge saga news as well, and the Commissioner's Cup. The Liberty played the Aces, we'll talk about that as well, so just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, it's your boy GD back once again with the All Things Basketball Podcast. And in this episode, I really have like four major pieces of news that I want to report on. I know the schedule that it's coming out in drips and drabs. I don't understand why they don't just put everything out at once. But what do I know? So with that said, I'll probably put out a schedule episode probably once we get everything. I don't know why the NBA's taking so long, but I digress. But I want to cover these news items here. So let's get into it. Let's start with the game we just actually saw. The New York Liberty going into Las Vegas to play the Aces. This, these are the top two teams, guys. So this is their third meeting, by the way. In the first meeting, Las Vegas Aces took it to them. And this was in Vegas, 98-81. to And that game, you had a healthy Candace Parker there, so they were fully loaded. And they just blew the doors off the Liberty, winning that 98-81. to That was on June 29th. And then a few weeks ago, actually on a Sunday, August 6th, that game, a game I went to, and New York absolutely blew the doors off the Aces. 99-61. to 61. And a game where Asia Wilson took a rough elbow there that she got from John Quell Jones. Put her out for a little bit. She went to the locker room. She came back, shot the free throws, went back to the locker room, came back out. And it really affected her game. She only had 9 points on the day. That was on 2 of 14 shooting. With seven rebounds, so much so, somebody in the media asked her post game about it, and she pretty much set that person straight, saying she doesn't worry about stats and all those things. So, Sabrina Inescu, she was shot out of her mind that day. She scored, I believe, 31 points. That was just a game from end to end. Liberty dominated. Then you have the Commissioner's Cup, which took place August 15th. And I tell you what, guys, this was a nip and tuck game, especially going into the half. Actually, the Aces were ahead going into the half. But the Liberty in the second half, they just took care of business. A lot of people that was cold in the first half, people like Sabrina Inescu started catching fire in the second half. Slutie had a pretty good game herself. Stewie was fine. She hit some key baskets. Didn't shoot it all that great. But the story of that game was John Quell Jones and how she controlled the paint. As well as Johannes, who was knocking down threes. She hit about five in the game. So that was your story pretty much there. And the final score was 82-63 for the Liberty. So they end up winning the Commissioner's Cup. Difference in the game, guys. Rebounding. The Liberty... 49 rebounds, 
Las Vegas Aces, 28. So when you get dominated on the boards like that, that's not good. And then another key stat, guys, bench production. The Liberty got 28 points from their bench, while the Las Vegas Aces only 8 points. So Liberty goes into Vegas hostile territory and win the Commissioner's Cup. And the MVP was Jonquel Jones. 16 points, 15 rebounds, and 2 blocked shots. I mean, she just controlled everything inside. Aja Wilson had trouble again. Only 9 points, 2 of 10 shooting. She went scoreless for the second half. So, guys, that's not good. And other contributors for the Liberty, like I said, Stewie, she had 13 points, 4 of 16 shooting, though, with 7 rebounds, 2 blocks. Sabrina Inescu, 12 points. Most of those coming in the second half, along with eight rebounds. Slutie had a fine game, as I said. 11 points for her with 10 assists. And your three-headed attack for aces, Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, and Jackie Young, each combined for 46. So, again, Liberty take care of business. Now, they have another game with the aces on the 17th of August, so... And then, again, they'll come to Brooklyn August 28th. So, they'll meet two more times, guys. But we're getting kind of a sneak preview, if you will, of perhaps the WNBA Finals. We'll see. But Liberty putting it together, guys. They're really on a roll. So, we'll see how they maintain down the stretch. But they're looking pretty good, guys. And Las Vegas Aces. I don't know if I'll say they're... I would call it a title hangover, but I don't know. But Becky Hammond, they'll set them straight. We'll see probably a different team come that game on Amazon Prime, which is on a Thursday. So we'll see what happens there. That's the story with that. So I'll move from this story here, WNBA story, and give you something WNBA related, guys. Liz Cambridge, this woman here, man. <laughs> she sat down with Taylor Rooks for the Bleacher Report, sat down for an interview. Interview ran about 87 minutes long, a little over that. Mostly, seems like Cambridge, she was hustling a book that she's supposedly writing, so we'll see about that. In the interview, I listened to all 87 minutes or so. Again, she denies using racial language towards the Nigerian national team. That was a scrimmage that took place in 2021. So she denies that. And then the Nigerian players go on Twitter to reiterate she did do that. Then there was a video that surfaced showing the actual incident. Her elbowing the Nigerian player and then the Nigerian player retaliating actually making a beeline right for her bench none of liz's teammates came to her rescue the nigerian girl just wailed on her so you get to see that right on it's on youtube guys if you want to look at it also she said that she's in negotiations with the nigerian team to play for the team that seems to be a lie as well so and, you know, she's said a lot about she embraces her black heritage because she's of a mix, but she embraces her black heritage. 
She also talked about her being disrespected while in the WNBA with the Los Angeles Sparks. She kept going on about a car they promised her that she didn't get. And then she also talked about the Las Vegas Aces. Those players there, how they would disrespect her, how they do these awful things to her and so forth. Again, I listened to your entire interview. And to me, the takeaways I took from it, a lot of blame shifting, hardly any self-reflection by her. It was all about her being the victim, so forth. It just sounds like millennial whining to me. You know, she's of that age, you know. Some of these millennials can whine and carry on, but that's what it just sounded like to me. I Trust me, I wanted to stop the interview and go about my business, but actually Taylor Rooks did a very good job getting her to open up as she did, so it's just lies upon lies. Then she said she wants to play again, but declares that none of the girls like her, so she has very few friends, they pick on her, so forth. She claims she didn't want to play in the Tokyo Olympics. She begged Sandy Brondello not to have her on the team. They didn't bring the psychologist. It was going to be in the bubble, but they weren't going to bring the psychologist. And, you know, she's on this mental health crusade where she needs mental health, so forth. Not to knock mental health. If you need it, you need it. Fine. But that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for her. So she didn't go to the Olympics, the Tokyo Olympics. She also complained about the money she made while in the WNBA. I know she made a comment in terms of Becky Hammond's salary, how her whole salary eclipses the salary of the entire team. And looks kind of silly now because Becky Hammond, what she has delivered as a coach over there. So you kind of look foolish with that. Yet, she talked about the salary she's made. She hasn't made up to a million dollars as a player. But yet, she still wants to come back into the league. So, you know, you're talking out both sides of your face there. So, I don't know. It just seems that she craves the attention and she's talked all these things about the Las Vegas Aces, but I'll tell you one thing. Once the Aces let her walk in free agency, that team turned around in a hurry. And so much so that they went out and won the championship that year. So, meanwhile, this Cambridge goes to Sparks. Again, whining, complaining, and then actually she retired after a game between the Sparks and the Aces, ironically enough. And she supposedly told from the bench, Shanae Awumake, that she's done. So right after that game is when she said she's walking away from the game, take a mental break. It was just a lot. It, the interview was a lot. And... I hope she gets the help she needs because her issues are apparently from the neck up. It's all mental for her. So, does she get back into the league? I seriously doubt it, guys. I seriously doubt it. And then she's talking about wanting to go back to China. That's where she made the money at, you know, as far as her playing goes. But right now, she's radioactive, guys. I don't see anyone in the W taking her on and I don't see anyone internationally maybe China does I don't know 
Maybe they do, but if she carries those same antics over there to China, she's through. She's through, guys. So, we'll see what happens with her, but again, she's back in the news. You know, it's been a year since she's departed from the Los Angeles Sparks, so we'll see what happens with Cambridge. So, that's that bit of news. Alright, so... Enough of the WNBA news. Let me go on to NBA news. And I just wanted to touch on these two items here. Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers. He signs a three-year, $186 million contract extension. Wow. And this contract will keep him in a Lakers uniform up until 2028. So, Anthony Davis locked in as a Laker. And, oh, by the way, the contract extension he signed is the richest contract in league history for a contract extension of that sort. So he breaks records there. But, of course, this contract comes with huge risk for the Los Angeles Lakers. The pluses about it, it provides you stability, which, you know, as a franchise, that's always good to see especially for those on the outside looking in. So stability is good. And you're locking in one of the most talented bigs in the league. Your minuses, I think they're pretty obvious, the fragility of AD. You know his injury history and so forth. So Jeannie Bussin, Rob Palenka, and the Laker organization over there is taking a big risk with this. And then I think the second question is, is he ready to be the face of that team now? Coach Darvin Ham, I think it's incumbent upon him to make the transition now from it being a LeBron-led team to an Anthony Davis-led team. Now, will LeBron acquiesce to this? Will he do sort of a... Actually, he's kind of in a position that Dwayne Wade was in when LeBron joined him over in the Miami Heat. Only thing, Dwayne Wade was in his prime right then, but he understood that having LeBron as the Batman would definitely be an advantage for the Miami Heat. So he catered his game to LeBron and the team took off. Now LeBron, in a similar situation, much older by the way, is now in that same position where I think he should turn the keys to the franchise over to Anthony Davis and kind of be a Robin to Anthony Davis. Can he do that? It remains to be seen. So we'll see what happens there. And then you have people like Kevin Garnett. He has the podcast that he does with Paul Pierce. And he talked about expecting Anthony Davis to be in the MVP conversation, if not this year, the following year. In one breath, he's not totally out of line because the type of numbers that Anthony Davis can put up are MVP type numbers. The only problem is, will he play enough games to qualify? Because remember now, they've changed the rules as far as it's a number of games basically that you need in order to be in the MVP conversation. Will Anthony Davis reach that threshold either this year or next year? So we'll see what happens there. But he's not all that far off. I mean, he's very much talented, and a lot of wonky things can happen, so I don't think it's too far-fetched. I mean, you still have a Nikolai Jokic out there, you still have a Joel Embiid, 
although we don't know what becomes of the Sixers. I'll talk about them in a minute. Yeah, so I don't see why not, especially if the Lakers make a major move as far as in the standings goes. They've made all the moves that they've had to make as far as player acquisition go and re-signing people and so forth. So it's not that far out the realm of possibility, to be honest. He just has to play the games. That's basically it. So, KG, you're not too far off, to be honest. But Anthony Davis has to play, and he has to be healthy. That's the major thing. So, so that's that bit of news. Last piece of news, your buddy and mine, James Harden. <laughs> ah, the saga continues, guys. The Philadelphia 76ers announced that they will no longer pursue a James Harden trade and expect him in training camp once the season starts. James Harden, on the other hand, while he was in China, told the media there, this is what he said, guys. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. And he said it twice. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization that he is a part of. I already spoke about the Harden situation when he opted in. I told you guys when he pulled the Kyrie and said, I'm opting in, but I want to trade. I told you this man is never satisfied. He's left three teams. He's axed out of three teams in the span of two and a half months. I told you also that I didn't see them making a trade before Dame Lillard gets traded. And I was right in that regard because Dame Lillard's still in Portland. And James Harden is still a part of the Sixers organization. So there's that. And then you have Daryl Morey who always overaxes for his players. So he thinks he's going to command this big haul for James Harden. Who, oh, by the way, is 33 years old. So... You know, there's a lot of tread on those tires. So, they're in a difficult situation. And let me remind you, well, let me remind James Harden as well. Daryl Morey was the architect of James Harden's current contract, by the way. A contract that paid him for six years, $228 million. And that was after the 2016-17 season. What did he do in that season? I can tell you. That season, his team finished 55-27. and 27. They were third in the West. They lost in the Western Conference semifinals to the San Antonio Spurs. And in that season, Harden averaged over 29 per game, 11.2 assists, which led the league, and over 8 rebounds. He was age 27 at the time when... Daryl Morey resigned him and gave them that big contract. This past season, they go 52 and 30, third in the East. So, and they lost in the Eastern Conference semis to Boston in seven games. Hart's average for the season: 21 points, 10.7 assists, which led the league, ironically enough, and over six rebounds. And he's now at age 33. The difference between the contract extension he got back then and the one he's trying to get now, first of all, you add six more candles on the cake for your age. So there's that. 
And also now, too, the difference, and I think this is the major difference. He is now a Robin to Joel Embiid's Batman, whereas the earlier extension, he was the Batman who commanded the money. And you got to understand, too, he's starting to show signs of possibly breaking down. He is showing signs. You see the inconsistency. You saw it in the Boston series, the inconsistency. So you kind of can't blame Daryl Morey. I don't know what Daryl Morey promised. I think I kind of understand Daryl Morey's trepidation about this because that's a lot of money to shell out. And then now he does this. So he's pretty much poisoned the water, guys, in that regard. And I think especially now, there's no way Daryl Morey can get a fair deal. He's going to have to get pennies on the dollar to get rid of him. Does he play hardball with him? Because I heard Rob Parker say that Daryl Morey should play hardball with him and dare him. Like, what is he going to do? Sit out the season? Not at age 33. I don't see that happening. I think Daryl Morey needs to swallow his pride take the best deal he can get looks like the Clippers the only game in town as far as a team that wants him and you know you take back probably a Marcus Morris you take back a Robert Covington maybe another piece and you rid yourself of James Harden sometimes you have to do a addition by subtraction and I think Daryl Morey has to realize that I mean, would it look crazy that he's giving away the pass assist leader for pennies on the dollar? On the surface, it may look bad, but in the long run, you're going to get some depth, which you need. And I think you just, the point guard position, you're going to have to fill. Can you fill it on the fly with somebody that's credible? Possibly could. I know people are saying, oh, just do Dane straight up for Harden. I poo-pooed that when I talked about both of them wanting trades. I don't see a direct trade for either guy. I don't see that happening. So I think that's the position that Philly is in, but it doesn't look good, guys. It doesn't look good. But they could come out of this smelling like a rose if Daryl Morey just, I think, too, maybe he needs to find a third team so he can get him a credible point guard coming back in the deal you know, somebody who's decent enough you could get by because you still have a emerging player in Tyrese Maxey. So if you get a decent point guard back in return, I think you're okay. We'll see what happens in that regard. So, all right, guys, I think that's going to do it for me. Like I said, the schedule, I imagine we're going to get the full schedule at some point. So when that happens, I'll break it down. I'll break down the Knicks schedule and so on and so forth. You already got the in-season tournament. A bit of that schedule is out. You already have the Christmas Day games. That's out. I'll talk about that all. And we'll take it from there. The USA basketball team, they'll be playing in a couple of weeks. I've caught a couple of these warm-up games. They look good, guys. They look good. So we'll see what happens there. My guy RJ, he's looking good for Canada. So I'm liking that. So, you know, there's a lot coming down the pike, but, you know, this is summertime, so it may be a couple of weeks, and and I'll gather up some NBA intel, and we'll bring it to you, as always. So, all right, guys, so that is it for me. Once again, 
all things basketball with GD.com. That's the website, YouTube, all the platforms, social media. I'm there. Twitter, well, it's X now, so X, Twitter, don't matter. We got beef, so anyway, all right, and then, of course, Apple Podcasts, I'm there. Leave reviews, guys, on the website. You can leave review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave review, like the video on YouTube, and you can comment on YouTube. All right, guys, that is it. I thank you for listening, and we'll talk soon. So, my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email me at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. To support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal, and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also on my anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also you can find me on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So, once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. And take care and be safe.